0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge of Wharton.
1: Welcome to the Knowledge of Wharton podcast. I'm Deborah Yao, a senior editor here. We're here to talk about the findings of a new research paper from Wharton and Harvard Business School titled Customer Supercharging in Experience-Centric Channels. The big headline from the paper is that Bricks-and-mortar stores still have value, especially for digital-first retailers. In fact, they discovered that consumers who visit a showroom-style store of a digital retailer actually spend more and return fewer items. We're going to discuss the research in more detail with one of the paper's authors, who is joining us today. With me in the studio is Santiago Galino, Warren Professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions. Welcome.
0: Oh thank you, Deborah. Thank you for inviting me.
1: So it's really no secret that offline retailers are struggling, you know, especially as they face competition from digital retailers such as Amazon. Uh but your paper shows that physical stores still offer tremendous value in retail. Can you explain?
0: Yes. So I think that what we what we thought was an interesting issue to explore is exactly what you're pointing to that. Although we tend to think that online retail is uh, taking over the industry, when we walk around in the street, we see that there's still plenty of retail stores and retail businesses that are thriving, doing well. And I think we can get the wrong impression that because the landscape is changing, that means that brick-and-mortar presence is going to disappear. And I think our paper sheds some light on the reason why that might might not be the case.
1: Uh, you, your paper also mentions something very interesting, and you call this person a supercharged consumer. Uh, can you tell me what that person is?
0: Yeah, so the, the way we thought about this is uh, similar to can, what can happen if you if you think of human interactions, right? So if you start to connect with someone through Facebook and you chat there, then you get a text message. Eventually, you have a phone call. Uh, so all that is... Improving the, the 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 relationship, making you closer to that person. Eventually, you might Skype, and then you see the face of the person, and then that might trigger that you want to collaborate in a project, that you want to do something that you wouldn't feel comfortable doing if you were just texting. Eventually, you get uh, together for a coffee, and you see each other. Now there are things that you haven't noticed in the other uh, in the other situations that add value and make you more. Comfortable with the person, make you trust that person more. I think that this is a good parallel of what we are thinking when we say that a customer can be supercharged with a with with a visit to a store so today, many companies have a very strong online presence customer interact there with them, and that is all fine. However, if you think of a more deep relationship with the company. A physical contact, uh, I, I think, and we, we saw in the paper that still add a lot of value.
1: So basically what you're saying is that, you know, with the addition of a, a showroom, um, in uh, digital retailers can actually get more out of that uh, consumer, interact more, and just have a richer relationship.
0: Yes, that, that that that's correct. I think that the, the re, from the retailer's perspective, they can learn more about the customer. They can see uh, who is with the customer when he's buying the product. They can understand and see what type of questions they have to mind, what other products they tend to see. And I think that that's all valuable and rich information when you want to please the customer and they make them come back again. And from the customer's side, the same thing. I think we all nowadays are comfortable navigating a website, understanding what products are offered. But we always, at least in my case, think that, oh, it would be nice if I can actually touch this product. It would be nice if I can ask a question to a sales associate that is well-informed, that knows and can point me to another option because I see this product is out of stock. So I think that those uh, interactions can happen better in in, in a f- physical context. And I think that companies are are, are looking into that and and using that as a tool to to get in contact with them.
1: So uh, let's go back a little and look at like how you collected your data, what kind of people did you survey or, or stores did you survey, and um, what kind of hypotheses you started out with. Yes,
0: yeah, so I think that our main hypothesis was to try to explore and understand whether this supercharging phenomenon was happening and what was the magnitude and how... Uh, how we can actually measure it. And so we were fortunate enough to partner with a, with a digital retail brand that opened uh, physical showrooms. And so they, they were uh, very open and shared with us every transaction that they observe over a long period of time. And the advantage of having like a closed ecosystem is that we were able to track customers over time in a very precise way. And so with that transaction-level data at the individual customer level, we were able to study what happened for those customers that originated the transactions online, but later on moved and decided to visit a physical store.
1: So what were your findings?
0: So I think that the findings were that we were able to support the the hypothesis of a supercharging effect so it turns out that those customers that visit a physical store after that visit, they return less products, they buy more, and this buying more is not only a question of spending more dollars, but in, they spend more dollars in a way that tends to be moving to more uh, more refined products, more expensive products. So if this is a customer that was buying uh Casual shirts will move into buying dress shirts. Uh, if he was buying just uh, khakis and casual pants, well, later on that customer will move to buy suits and 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 coats. So, okay. products that are more uh, involved in in the in the purchase process, but also that have higher margin for the retailer, and all these come with the plus that the customer will tend to return less, which. As we know, it's a very big hassle for, for retailers to deal with.
1: Right. Um, is it possible to quantify some of your findings
0: as well? The, the results we observed are telling us that these supercharged customers will spend up to 60% more on average on a particular order. Uh, they also shop at a higher velocity. So the, the time between purchases uh, is reduced by 28%. And then... Th- connected to what I was mentioning before, they tend to buy uh, 20% more categories. So they will expand what they were buying before into new categories. And finally, it's interesting to see that they also return less of the more expensive items, which I think is a double win from the retailer perspective.
1: Those, uh, those numbers are really astounding. Um, so um, any other, what do digital-first retailers, what lessons can they take from your research,
0: sure, I, I think one one main lesson here is that the physical presence is very relevant, and I think that this is a big opportunity for digital uh, retailers nowadays because they have become really good at having beautiful websites, uh, very easy to check in and out of their stores, and that's all great. However, when they transition into the physical world they sometimes overlook lessons that have been learned before by other traditional retailers so i think that in my conversation with them they have been able to notice that there is a lot of learning points that they can take from traditional retailers when they are trying to make this transition into the physical world uh
1: but i mean if if digital first retailers open um you know physical stores um won't it cost them a lot of overhead and that would offset, you know, they try to offer like good deals for you. W- won't that make them increase their prices and defeat yeah. the purpose of being a digital first retailer? I
0: I th- I think that's definitely a risk and that's why in in our paper we focus on one particular uh, physical presence that I think is very attractive. That is the, the the zero inventory store. So these are not traditional retail stores in, in the sense that you go to the store, it, it looks like a normal store, but there is no inventory for you to take home. And I think this concept goes directly to your to your concern, right? Because if I need to run a traditional store, carrying inventory, handling a lot of different items in the store, stockouts can happen, and, and, and it's expensive to have the inventory sitting in the store anyways. So I think all these are... Uh, Challenge is that if you move to a format completely or partially where you don't carry the inventory in the store but customer can still have the experience, then if you manage that well, you might get the best of both worlds mm.
1: so um, I get the, your explanation about the zero inventory stores. Um, you know, when people go in, there's no inventory, but they people can actually see and 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 touch the products there and and order products from the store, and it will be shipped to them. Uh, but what about the people who like to browse? You know, sh- people love to shop. Uh, won't you risk putting off those people?
0: Yes, I I think that's that's a risk, and and to me that was an interesting finding if you want, uh, of the paper, even before we got into the supercharging issue. And the finding is that there are a lot of customers that are willing to go to a showroom knowing that they are not going to be able to take the product that day. And I think that, to some people, to me, was surprising. At the same time, I mean, this doesn't negate the fact that some customers are not happy with that uh, setting. And then I think it's a, a kind of a managerial call of which, with problem you want to to live with, so knowing that you have a set of customers that are not going to come to the showroom because of your concern, and I think that's that's definitely possible. But you say, you know, I can save a lot of money not carrying inventory in the store. I can rethink the layout of the store in a way that doesn't require to be a. Uh, Handling and moving all the inventory that we see usually, and I can put that money to work in a different uh, in a different tool or or in a different way to help uh, the experience of the customer. Like having additional staffing in the store, having nicer furniture, to so kind of enhancing the experience. So you will probably lose some of those customers that like to take the bag, or it's not always. Customers is the same customer in different situations. Like if you have the party tonight, you need the dress. I mean, there's no even if it's come tomorrow, which is super fast, is not going to do the trick. But the same customer in a different situation with, with with the possibility to wait for a day might be a perfect customer for the for the for the showroom concept.
1: So, are there any lessons in your research for offline retailers, traditional retailers like department stores um, as well as malls themselves?
0: Yes, I I, th- I think that one big message to me w- is the fact that the physical store is alive and doing well. The question is how does how how, how the stores need to look like? What is the what is the, the the store that the customers want to visit and engage with today? Which it might not be what was ten years ago, and and I think that the lesson for them is that some of these more creative solutions like we were the one we were discussing a few months ago on the zero inventory store might be a good one. You can you can argue, well, maybe that's something that they are not going to be comfortable doing and, and that's, that's fine, but they don't need to do it all the way. They can decide that for certain categories, for certain products, they are going to move into more of a showroom concept and for other products or particular colors, they are going to carry in the store. And To be fair, I think this is something we've seen happening for many years now. What I will argue is that I don't think that this has been done in a more uh, strategic and planned way. It's more of a consequence on how the business was run. But now I think this research uh, presents the option of how, when you think carefully about the experience and how to engage with the customer and hopefully supercharge the customer, you can do that with new tools and all tools uh, alike.
1: You know, I'm just curious, um, we have, um, uh, you know, for many years now, traditional retailers also opened their own um, online stores, and whether you see the same kind of supercharging customers phenomenon that uh, digital retailers uh, seem to be seeing with their showrooms. Do you you see that?
0: Yeah, I think that that, I mean, that's something that our research, this paper in particular, doesn't speak uh, directly about, but... I can see the the same parallel we discussed before with the, the the interpersonal relationships. Like sometimes you are not uh, available to meet with a friend to uh, to have a coffee, to visit, to go for dinner, but you're you're more than happy to chat, to send a message, to share a picture. And again, if you think from the experiential side, I think that many smart retailers have been able to leverage the online store in that way. It's not just a place where you dump. All the possible combination of your or, of your apparel, but it's a way to keep in touch and share uh, experiences and share uh, pictures and, and share stories about your products. And I think that if you think of the online store in that way, I can I can see that it's a very very useful tool to support our customers too.
1: So how is your research uh, different from prior literature in this area? What's uh, What's new about your research?
0: Yes, so I think I think that the, the 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 interesting part that we were able to capture in the paper is to to show what is the magnitude of these effects. I think that if we have a conversation and we share the idea of the supercharging customer and that customers that go to the store might benefit, I think you uh, you will agree that that's plausible, and and that's probably what drove us originally to start the research project. But being able to quantify it and see the magnitude of the effects and all these things that we were discussing—that we were discussing about—okay, what's next? I think that is what is really new and interesting here. And I'm hoping that we can follow up with with other projects that understand more this phenomenon.
1: So that uh, sets me up perfectly for my last question, which is, how are you going to follow up this research? Mm
0: -hmm. So I I think one one issue that we would like to understand is how these uh, effects apply to other retail categories, because I think it's fair to note that this is apparel, and apparel has its own characteristics. So I think it would be interesting to understand how these effects are present or not uh, when you think about electronics or when you think about other big traditional retail categories that are also relevant.
1: Wonderful. Uh, Well, just stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.